2: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
3: Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. (laughs) Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now, your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley.
4: Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today is Tell Dell Tuesday, and with us here today from Austin, Texas, is Carl Floto and Ruth Ann, oh, sorry, and, sorry, Widmeyer. And... They've come to share their story with us today. Welcome, guys. Hey, hey, Dale. How are you? Good. Is Ruthann there? Hi,
0: Dale.
4: Hi, Ruthann. I am. So, uh, guys, I I don't mean to put you on the spot, but going through your bio, I was really struck by the first paragraph, um, and it because you guys sound so happy by the end of the the bio. <laughs> you know, everything was great. <laughs> But it, it sounded so dark at the beginning of the bio. I want you, if you could, if you don't mind, share with us what it is like to be at that moment in your life, at that age, that stuff was going sideways, and how you felt and does it just how bleak you can feel at that some point in your life like that.
0: It was a really, um, really dark time for us, Del. Um, You know, we had, we're both, you know, coming out of, divorces that were pretty disastrous i mean obviously emotionally psychologically disastrous but um also there was a lot of financial wreckage um and we met each other we found each other um and when you know we kind of brought our our, ourselves and our kids together we started thinking about our financial future and honestly Initially, we were really just looking for some sort of stability. The idea that we could ever really kind of prosper and thrive um, was almost kind of beyond imagination. We really just wanted stability. Um, And that was pretty defeating, you know, when you're well into your career and, you know, you've got kids that are college age and all you're thinking about is, you know, within a few years you've got to be ready to go for retirement. You have to have something, um, you know, to, to get through those final years of your life. So it was pretty discouraging.
4: Carl, how about you? What what was going on in your life at the time?
5: Yeah, same thing. I mean, um, financial wreckage, uh, done a lot of stupid things, even though I'm a quote-unquote smart accountant slash CPA, uh, lost, you know, just I wake up and I'm 45 years old. I have nothing in the bank, essentially. And um, the the retirement picture is totally blank. I mean, we are starting at beyond, you know, in a negative amount. Uh, we don't even have zero, essentially. Uh, we met with uh, our kind of 401k guy. And that kind of confirmed, dude, you're out of time. I mean, there is, there's no way you can, you don't have time to get rich slow
4: that's a slap in the face that's pretty bleak you go to your financial advisor he goes just kill yourself it's too late
5: (laughs) yeah it's pretty I mean financially uh, we we were we were on our feet once we got together and uh, yet the baggage was a pretty uh, heavy anchor and um, You know, all this time I'm working my two jobs. I'm driving home at night. I'm hearing this guy named Dale Walmsley on the radio talk about real estate. And, uh, you know, I do that for two years. And I go, all of this sounds, I, I get it. I understand it. I've had tax clients with rental property. All this stuff that he talks about makes total sense to me. And I thought, what is this Lifestyles Unlimited group? And after listening to the radio for two years, I just thought, this thing's really legit. There's something to it. I started asking around. I found a couple people at church that knew something about it, and bingo! Before you know it, I go to a, I get invited to a case study on a Thursday night, and now we're off to the races.
4: When were you uh, dabbling around with Dave Ramsey? Was that uh, <laughs> before lifestyles, or after, or even before? It was you-
0: actually. It was actually before lifestyles, and it's something that, um, and it's funny. It, I always feel like it's kind of this ongoing joke um, in lifestyles, because obviously Dave Ramsey is a really you know different approach and different strategy. But it was part of our story. It really was part of how we stabilized ourselves. Um, you know, we repaired our credit. We um, we got out of you know we stopped using consumer debt. Um, And, you know, also just really started living within our means. And some of those just kind of foundational approaches is what within, you know, short order really set us up so that once we, you know, kind of learned the lifestyle approach, we could start to um, use debt to our advantage. So it's part of our story, and um, actually, we became um, facilitators through our church, and um, you know, helped helped others kind of um, write their financial ship um, as well.
4: Yeah, you know what's interesting about that, guys, is that Carl, being a CPA and all, it, it seems to me that the the real basics of how to balance your checkbook and save for the future and all that stuff is. Stuff I learned when I was like 8 years old, 10 years old, something like that, you know. And people coming out and even being a CPA and needing to come back for that basic information. Right. It's is always interested me. How did that not get out there, right? Maybe that should be in school or something type of deal. Well, not to, to hang on that too long. I understand what you're saying. It's, it's, you have to have that basis. That financial right. basis, and what I've always said was, you know, Dave, when you're done with them, send them to me. <laughs>
0: yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, well, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, I wish I would have had uh, maybe that Dave Ramsey learning, you know, in my, you know, uh, late teen years and early twenties to, you know, kind of understand, um, you know, how to how the, the really just the foundational understanding of money management.
4: So, uh, how many kids did each of you bring to this group? We're now. <laughs>
0: I brought everywhere. one. You brought I one? I brought one. Uh-huh. And Carl brought four.
4: Okay. So you got five. They're all adults now?
0: Um, We just, the the youngest just graduated from um, college this past December and is fully employed. So we are officially empty nesters with everybody through school.
4: Congratulations. Now all I have to do is take back all the grandkids and start over again.
0: Exactly.
4: That's where we're at right now. We're doing the grandkid thing. We got one. Yeah, coming. we
0: just had, and uh, we we have we have seven, and the last three were born in January, February, and March.
4: Wow! Yeah. <laughs> Good thing you're making some money now.
0: Exactly. You got a lot of presents
4: to buy. No, no doubt. So let's talk here, um, Ruth Ann. The, the rumor has it you were a skeptic. That
0: that that's true. I I was. I was both a skeptic and I was just too busy. Um, you know, I, Carl kept, he came home and he kept talking about, you know, we were, um, you know, meeting with our financial planner and, and really thinking about how we were going to, um, you know, try to get really aggressive in our investing strategy, what we were going to have to um, sacrifice in order to be able to do that. And he kept talking about, he said, I've been listening to this show on the radio and I'm really interested. And investing in real estate, um, and at first I kind of dismissed him, and he kept kept bringing it up, and and finally my answer was, you know, what, as long as we're doing something, um, I'm good. If that's if you feel strongly about it, then go for it. Um, I'm really busy right now. I don't have time to attend these events to learn all of this information. So I was really kind of ambivalent. But then also just skeptical. I just was worried that he was going to find himself being sold a bunch of services that weren't really going to, um, you know, weren't really going to move us forward.
4: You know, you you, I hate to put people in boxes because then, you know, you, you can't make a person fit perfectly in any box but being you come out of educational background you know traditional schooling per se is your you know your work environment do you think that has something to do with anything out there that's not just traditional work earn 401k traditional stuff just is a little outside of the box
0: oh absolutely um i i think definitely when you're it's you know you grow up going to school. You, your professional life is is in education. It's hard to imagine. I have this conversation all the time. It's, I mean, even like thinking about jobs, there's careers out there. I don't even have a, a, a clue, you know, what people actually do. I mean, it's fascinating what's out there. Um, so if it's yeah. not- we'll pick the it up. Person- We're going to pick
4: that up when we come back. Okay, Ruth Ann, they're kicking us off. We'll be right back with Carl, Ruth Ann, and the Del Wamsley Radio Show.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
2: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available
3: plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Come back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free. From the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley.
4: Welcome back to Dell Walmsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is Carl and Ruth Ann out of Austin, Texas. And as we went to break, uh, Ruth Ann got cut off. We were just discussing a point that I had made and uh, asked Ruth Ann if she thought working in public education uh, puts you mentally inside of a box of some kind about things that are bigger and better and I don't know, I'm maybe not even characterizing that correctly. Also, Carl, being a CPA, that's a little bit of a conservative thing. And working for a, um, what's it called, a nonprofit, again, put you inside of that same similar kind of box that, you know, here it is. Living within our means type deal, that there is no get rich quick, there is no excitement, there is no none of this. And I cut you off in the middle of that, Ruth. I'm sorry. Go ahead and pick it up where you're at about you said, I think you were saying you didn't even know there are certain jobs you have no idea what they even do or something like that.
0: Right. Just kind of, um, you know, I think really both of us just, you know, we've, we've worked for organizations where we were, we earned really modest incomes. And those modest incomes meant that every dollar um, we had to be extremely thoughtful about, very, very careful with. And so there's very little risk taking that um, we'd be willing to engage in, right? We want to make sure that the small, that modest income that we have is protected no matter what. Um, and so you, you know, you don't, you don't take any risks. You're not looking for something that's outside the norm. You're looking at the, you know, kind of the law of averages, what's going to be the safest, you um, you know, route that you can take to secure yourself financially. I think particularly after having, you know, experienced, you know, layoffs and some, um, you know, uh, financial setbacks because of the divorces earlier in our in our lives. Um, there was a lot of fear associated with um, any sort of financial instability. So we were just super cautious.
4: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, obviously, you know that burn me once, shame on you; burn me twice, shame on me. Type thing,
0: you, you right? And that. I think also that we just have that sense of if it sounds too good to be true, maybe it's too good to be true. Um, and that was always that was kind of my fear when Carl started, um, you know, exploring, you know, listening to something on the radio. Um, again, I didn't listen, so I didn't know what he was hearing. Um, you know, and then and then you know suggesting that hey, I'm 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 hearing this, and and it. As I, you know, when he, in his (laughs) rudimentary way, tried to, you know, explain what he was hearing on the radio, I just had that skepticism. That sounds too good to be true.
4: Well, you know, he, uh, according to this bio here, he went to the two-day by himself the first time he went? Yep. How hard was that, listening to him after he got home from that, huh?
0: Yeah, um, it was. It kind of, you know... Thankfully, um, he did have more information. You know, he, he came back and he had this, you know, a workbook and could kind of walk me through some things. Um, he asked me, he said, that, you know, that there was going to be a, um, the, the, one of the bus tours out of San Antonio. And so we went down to San Antonio and we did the bus tour. So we toured some single family homes and, you know, saw the vendors and talked to some people. Um, and so that helped. And we were um, attempting, you know, he was attempting to even kind of uh, purchase, uh, you know, make our first single-family purchase. Um, but I really removed myself from the decision-making. I hadn't heard things firsthand. I didn't really understand kind of the analysis um, and the process. Um, and so I think he just was was super apprehensive to move forward without having me as a partner in the decision-making really felt, you know, again, going back to the idea that we really were going to be really safe and cautious with our decision-making. He just didn't feel good about making that decision on his own. And so, you know, we, uh, you know, he was looking at his initial property was about to make an offer on it. and, And then he, you know, basically, you know, we, he just kind of backed off of that and he said, I really want you to go to the two day, so that you can hear what I heard and that way we're really collaborating in the decision-making process I said okay how can I say no
4: it makes sense for them because if you both going through divorces you obviously have learned something about relationships and he obviously had the decision in mind that it wasn't worth ruining another relationship just to go do something he himself wanted to do so that's that's probably a good point right there for him uh, to have done that, but once he got you to go, mm-hmm. what was the aha moments because it's, it's it says here in the bio that once you came out of it, you were all guns ho. Uh, what was the aha moments that caught you?
0: I think a, a couple of things. One of the things that made a big impression on me during the two day was the number of people that come back to the two day experience that are in the process, that're actively investing. Um, and they're telling their story. Um, and you're invited to ask as many questions as you want. And you're talking to real people um, that are that are making these decisions and that are, you know, investing their money in this way. And, and they're they're telling you what the difficulties were, what the challenges were, but also what the successes are that they're having. Um, so it, it created a certain legitimacy. And that's one of the things that actually is one of my favorite things about lifestyles is that transparency in in sharing of information. That's what really and truly um, is what won me over, is it wasn't just a one-way conversation. There wasn't a salesperson, so to speak, trying to pitch me on um, an investment strategy. It really felt like a collection of people, a group of people that we're all trying to learn from each other, um, and and then turn around and share what they had learned. That was really impressive.
4: So that, I'm going to ask you another question then, because what I'm hearing from you uh, is that you're you're people person, people driven person. That people mean more to you than information and facts. Uh, and so, as a teacher, comment if you don't mind on the fact that most people that come out of the two-day have the same comment. It's like drinking water out of a fire hose. It's just way too much information. What's your thought on that after going through it, being a teacher?
0: That's kind of interesting. Um, That's an interesting question. Um, I didn't find the content to be particularly overwhelming. In fact, I felt like, and I think this is a hallmark of a great teacher, is actually taking really kind of, complicated thinking and, and creating some structures on top of it, some principles by which you operate. And so I felt like as you, as I went through, you know, the first day talking about single family, I went through the second day talking about multifamily. I understood the guiding principles. Um, and then, you know, threaded throughout the, each of those days were, were case studies. I mean, it's, it's, it's an example of great lesson design. Right. Big, overarching concepts and principles that's going to guide our decision making. And then let's practice it. Let's apply it um, with these case studies. So that really anchored the learning for me. Um, And so I didn't come out. um, I think I understood once I understood the principles, I knew the rest of the details
1: would come
4: all right, great. We're going to do it a break again. We'll be right back, back with Carl, Ruth, Ann, and the Del Wamsa Radio Show.
1: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too.
3: Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a
4: time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is Carl Flodo and Ruth Ann Weitner. There we go. Thank you. Um, let's talk about you came out of the two-day you guys struck very quickly after that. Did you go home and make up a plan right then and there, or you just had Carl's plan in place and you just decided to say yes to it and go?
0: We had a little bit of money set aside um, for Carl's initial plan, right? So that's what we were we were going to execute. And so, um, in fact, we finished the two day and within twelve hours, the you know as soon as we got a um, you know an email blast with a, an appealing look at um, looking property, we we tagged it and we ended up closing on it, one of the challenges that I I walked away from the two-day with was um, the idea of using some of the equity in our house to maybe be a little bit more aggressive in our investment strategy. And I have to say that was probably one of the most difficult decisions um, was to pull some of that equity out of our personal home in order to do some more aggressive investing so that was kind of the 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 two decisions that happened right after the the two day was to number one just make a move right tag a property um purchase it you know purchase our first rental and then secondly making that decision um that if we're going to do this let's follow the plan and let's Let's really
4: do it right. Yeah, I, that's that's a tough one for a lot of people. Fortunately for me, that was never a tough one because I never had, I never fell in love with my home, first of all. That's part of it. Secondly, it never really, it always got me, why is all this money sitting over here and it's not paying me any money every month? As long as you just keep in mind, what, is my, what are my assets doing for me? Are they sending me a check this month or are they just sitting there or am I paying them? And case of the house, you're paying it. In the case of the four hundred one K you're putting money into it. Everything you have that you think is an asset is sucking money out of your wallet every month instead of putting money back into your wallet every month. And that's the basis for all that turnaround. Once you got that you got it. So you ran out and got a deal right away. Did you get rented up right away?
0: Um it was actually um one of the reasons I loved the property is it was it already had a tenant in it and it had um, a single mom school teacher. And <laughs> um, you know, so, not only do the numbers work, it, um, did the numbers work, um, it needed some um, repair, but it wasn't, you know, so there was some equity capture that was available there, but it wasn't a super extensive repair. But for some reason, that really resonated with me. Um, being able, having been a single mom, um, you know, classroom teacher for a number of years, and knowing, you know, and struggling to find a nice place to live with my daughter, um, it really resonated with me. So to be able to come alongside this um, this wonderful lady and fix up her property um, was really kind of a great way to launch our um, our investment.
4: So you got not only a financial gain, but you got some social justice out of it all.
0: We sure did. We actually—that's um, been a, a, a fun um, little benefit along the way, too. Didn't that was unexpected? There's been a lot of that.
4: So let's talk about the first rent check that comes in the mail. How does that feel?
5: Well, uh, obviously, quite good. Um, it's you know, you kind of go, "Oh, okay. Well, this this actually is working." But um, you know, I guess the. Yeah, you know the whole process of buying, doing a little bit of rehab, do- doing a double close, and finally closing into a permanent loan. You've, you know, this first house, our cash out of pocket was fourteen thousand five twelve, and our equity capture was uh, fifteen thousand three forty three. So I was like, "Wow, uh, uh, wow, this is this is awesome." Let's do some more. E-
4: even of that. an accountant can figure that one out to be a hundred percent return.
5: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah. it
0: was, uh, you know, it's just, exciting. it's, uh,
5: it's very intoxicating, so to speak. I mean, it's like, okay, that was cool and it was fun and it was financially rewarding. Um, you know, within a couple, you know, two months later where, uh, we actually do a double, uh, close on two, two properties at the same time, which is pretty amazing.
4: Wow. So in this first one, you made how much now? Eighteen thousand.
5: Um, well, our, our cash out of pocket was fourteen five. Our unrealized capital gain was fifteen three forty three. Fifteen. Okay. Uh, we uh, just sold it um, this past October because the national cash buyer came along with a gigantic checkbook, and we uh, bottom line is we netted sixty grand out of the deal. So our cash out of pocket was fourteen five. We collected rent all along, uh, and we put sixty grand in our pocket uh, when we are all said and done.
4: I was just putting a radio show together about how much money the average person makes, and the average person in this country makes about forty five thousand dollars a year. I'm sure, you know, being a teacher and so forth, that's probably in the range of somewhat. Mm-hmm. But to make $60,000 in one deal has got to be an eye-opener, you know, that, hey, I can make as much in one deal as I made in a whole year of work. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, it's
5: fascinating.
0: And and, and at the same time, you know, you've got this, um, you know, this cash flow. So, you know, and it's it's interesting as you, you know, start to, you know, realize the, you know, we're making, you know, in one of our kind of strategies has really been to go after equity capture. Um, we we both really like our jobs. We you know we're going to continue to work for a while. So the idea is we really want to do a big equity capture, but we want to make sure that everything that we buy has positive cash flow. And so even not focusing on cash flow, we're still, you know, in our first six properties, you know, we're, you know, making $21,000 a year. Um on these properties, and so twenty-one thousand dollars a year. When you work for a nonprofit and you're a teacher, that's some you know that makes a real difference in your lifestyle.
4: Absolutely, Carl. As an accountant, I'll tell you how I saw the cash flow thing. Maybe you can relate to this in some small manner. I saw that I worked for a health club company called Bally Manufacture and we sold about a hundred thousand dollars a week in memberships. So I was doing about half a million dollars a month for these guys. And I'd turn that money into them each week, at the end of the week, we'd give them all of our money and so forth, turn it in. And then, you know, at the end of the month, a a check would come down and, you know, they took all that money and 500 grand I gave them, they gave me back $3,500 and that was my check. And you know, you (laughs) just wonder where all the rest of the money go, right? So then my first two months of being in this, I bought four houses at the same time. One that I bought three more the next day because it was so exciting. And I had $800 a month positive cash flow. And I realized, do you realize, Dell, in just two weeks, you've created one quarter of your total income, replaced Mm -hmm. one quarter. And I just couldn't believe the checks would come in the mail, Carl, and they were mine. I go, what do I do with this now? Do I turn this in? (laughs) Does the company take some taxes? Where do I pay my taxes at on this? All those things ran through my head. Do I have to pay Social Security and Medicare? Do I have to pay income tax? And it was no. You stick the check in the bank. And it just blew my mind. I just could not see how money could come so easily like that. That's how I felt about cash flow being an accountant by trade, by the way. I don't know if you know that or not, I'm an accountant by trade. So I've got that analytical burr too.
5: Well, uh, you know, I, the, in the back of my mind, I've always thought and known real estate was a good avenue and a good investment, but I I had no experience with it, I knew nobody. But none of the people I knew or had friends were actually doing it. I couldn't, I wasn't going to reinvent the wheel. I didn't know how to do it. And in in steps, lifestyle's unlimited. And we go to school and for a weekend, and we come out, and within three months we've got three houses. So I think that's the magic is, um, again, with as so many, uh, with zero Real estate experience, here we are, um, sucking it to it and having fun and building wealth.
4: How much equity did you capture in those first three houses, Carl? Do you know?
5: First three houses, we captured about, there's close to $45,000 in the first three.
4: Now, in totality, since you've started, um, how much total equity and cash flow do you think you guys have made off these deals so far? doesn't have to be exact no one's going to track it down in and...
5: well the cash flows you know has been helpful but we almost ignore it um, here's what we've done with about a hundred thousand hundred and five thousand is what we've invested over six properties we um, we've refinanced and dragged out a hundred and thirty
4: one thousand. We're going to take a short okay. break, be right back with Carl and Ruth Ann. We'll be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show.
3: Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free. From the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley.
4: Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Carl and Ruth Ann out of Austin, Texas. And as we went to break, uh, they were just about ready to start sharing with us uh, how much benefit they've had financially from their deals that they've done since they started. So I'm going to give it back over to you guys, hand it back over to you so you can uh, pick it up from where you left off.
5: So in summary, Dell we, we spent about 105000 investing in six different properties. And uh, that was all 2018. And by the, the end of 2021, we have cashed out via sales and or refinanced almost 290000 and we still have three properties left, so that's kind of we turned uh, you know our little hundred five into almost three hundred thousand
4: over about a three year period of time. Looks like about a hundred percent a year to me. That's unbelievable, actually.
0: That, it's been pretty pretty great, pretty amazing.
4: Yeah, that's you know I I look at real estate as you know producing about thirty percent a year overall. But if you've got that kind, that's about three hundred percent return in what I'd say is about three years, a little longer, maybe depends on when you started. Yeah. but
0: that's so we, that we we still have um you know ongoing cash flow. We still own the three. We're buying you know we we actually just bought another property. we're we're in the hunt for more properties. so um and everything is still cash flowing great
5: twenty twenty one was obviously a good year if you own real estate. Um, We sold a couple properties uh, just because uh, somebody from New York was throwing around crazy cash, and we were able to refinance two of our properties that, you know, the appreciation's gone crazy up. So let's refinance and uh, do some more work.
4: Excellent. So what's your plan from here?
5: Same song, second verse. We're having too much fun. Um, You know, we like to add a couple... Single families uh, a year uh, from our out of cash flow, so to speak. We've been we're involved with now three multifamilies. So in a you know small little bit. So we'll try to add another piece or two of uh, multifamily each year. So just kind of keep doing this. Um, just to probably work for you know stay in our W two incomes for uh, two or three four years just because the cash flow is great and, uh, sock it away in real estate.
4: I think you said you enjoyed your jobs anyway. Um, one of the things that I found is as I got into this and started making money is that even the job that I particularly parts of the job that I particularly didn't like became easier because I no longer worried about them. Does that make any sense? Oh, uh,
0: we can very much relate to that. Yeah. it. it. Um, it, there's a really, there's a mental shift that happens when you know that you always have the option of walking away from your job, that you're yep. choosing to be there every day because you enjoy it. It's, you know, enhancing your lifestyle, but that if push came to shove, you could walk away.
4: That's exactly what I meant. Yeah, it's a great thing.
0: And, and, and three years ago, you know, we, we weren't in that position.
4: Let's talk about legacy. Yeah. To give back. When does that start, and where does it start at?
0: Well, I mean, I think a couple of places in a couple of ways. For you know, one, we, um, you know, like I said previously, you know, we have pretty modest W two incomes, and so, um, you know, we we like to give. It's part of you know what we've founded our our marriage on is 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 giving giving away some of our wealth to the extent that we can. Um, but it's really exciting to be able to, to make choices, um, you know, for charitable giving. Um, we have found it just so fun to be generous in that regard. Um, it's really, you know, allowed us to, to do some things that, um, that we hadn't been able to do previously. So that's exciting. Um, and then we're really excited about, um, you know, helping our adult children, Um, be better money managers than we were and learn how to grow wealth instead of just kind of stumbling along, presuming that everything will work out okay. So that's our, those are kind of our two, you know, big picture goals is to um, keep, keep our, keep, you know, sustain that charitable giving and then um, start working with our own children.
4: Has any of the five kids shown any interest yet?
0: They have. You know, it's interesting. Um, the deaf, you know, we have one of our, um, our son in law is involved in um, campus ministry. And so, you know, he and his wife, again, really living um, frugally. They have a very, very modest income given the work, um, given the field that, you know, they're involved in. And so they recognize that in order to pursue their calling and to continue to do that work, um, they you know, want to be able to set themselves up, um, kind of liberate themselves to do the work that they feel called to do. So we're excited about um, helping him navigate that. And I think he's definitely shown the greatest interest so far.
4: That's great. It, it really is fun to help the children. I, I appreciate that. We just, uh, a year ago, not one of our three kids had a house, and now all three of them have a house in the last one year along with a little baby in the bun in the oven. So things are moving along.
0: I think, you know, it's interesting. I think our um, two, well, definitely our youngest um, is also really interested. And I think because she's had um, really a front row seat to what we've been doing. You know, she was still in the house when we started the process. She was um, around, you know, when we were going to um, all of our first lifestyle events and coming home. And so we kind of talked to her about what we were learning and what we were doing. And so she's had that front row seat. And um, so this is the, the one that just graduated and is, has her first, uh, you know, big girl job. So um, I'm sure <laughs> she's already talking about when she can buy her first property.
4: That's great. Now I got to ask you one more question. This is the last one and uh, it's a, uh, I left it to last it's always the fun one for me anybody out there give you a hard time for doing this family friends work acquaintances anybody say what the heck are you doing
0: yes Uh, what jumps into my head is my parents very skeptical yeah, they, you know, be, they made sure to say, oh, back in, I don't know, you know, decades ago, we bought a piece of commercial property and X, Y, and Z happened. And, uh, I got you. Know, you. Lots hey, of, guys, thanks for coming on. Morning.
4: Thanks for coming on, guys. I appreciate you sharing your story. lots rest of you out there, remember this is not the money, it's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow.